Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. And away we go. It's the Fantasy Sports Day right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. FNTSY, Dan Stratford, George Kurtz with you for the next two hours talking all things Week 17 in the National Football League. George, how you doing this weekend? You know, I was doing well, sitting here, waiting to talk some football, enjoying my <laughs> caffeine, watching a little Breaking Bad, and then Sean Angle, our man behind the glass, you know, the guy who gets the show going decides to play the tree segment thing, reminding me that I still haven't done the leaves in the backyard. I still have to get to this. Thank you so much. Oh, man. Of all the recurring themes that could be happening here on this show, that's the one that makes me happiest. Um, that is by far. Yes, me, and my, me and my battle with leaves. That's great. Yeah, Happy well, to please everybody. I, I mean, I suffered through it with you as well. But uh, as I said, I, I paid someone to take that suffering away. Uh, George, you're holding firm, and I appreciate that. You're a man of your word, and you're going you're gonna to get out there on some balmy 43-degree day and, and get it done. So uh, that is good, good to Pretty know. Much. Pretty much. All right, let's uh, let's dive in because we have a lot to talk about. And I know uh, many of you from a season-long perspective, last week was your your final week of the season. And to be fair, uh, you'll see a lot of fantasy analysts uh, talking about how you have to end week 16. You have to end week 16. There's, you know, week 17 has too many question marks. For me, I don't disagree. It's the same with baseball. I think September baseball can be a mess, and, and I'm not necessarily against ending in August, the last week in August or first week in September. Um, but, you know, these are NFL games. These are NFL players. And uh, if you're finishing your uh, championship week this week, happy to have you on board, and we're happy to answer any questions you might have on setting your lineups. Of course, we'll talk some DraftKings, FanDuel, uh, you know, Yahoo's having some big contests yet again. And all the other DFS sites and some wagering along the way. Some very intriguing matchups. And George, um, I don't know if you've studied the rubric yet, if you've, if you've broken it all down. But there's a lot of playoff scenarios uh, coming through today. Um, the Pats can all of a sudden be the one seed. You could get the Steelers in, the Steelers out. Uh, the Texans could make a move up for a buy or could fall uh, all the way down to, I think, uh, uh a wild card spot. I don't think they can drop out of the playoffs, but there's a lot of wild scenarios. Any ones that have your eye the most and maybe influencing uh, the way you think uh, from a slate perspective, from DFS or from uh, a season long perspective, you need to worry about uh, the way you set your lineups. Well, listen, when it comes to week 17, I am of the, uh, the ilk where you should, in a straight head to head, you should not be week 17 should not be deciding. Your fantasy championship. It just shouldn't be. By my count, there are about two-thirds of the teams tomorrow that have nothing to play for. So, therefore, you're going to have some... uh, That's two-thirds of the teams. Almost every game is meaningful for one team or the other. But two-thirds of the teams have nothing to play for tomorrow. So, you don't know what you're going to get. As far as who's going to play, who cares, who doesn't care. Uh, you got players making business decisions tomorrow. Which means even... uh, They always say, well, they have to play their hardest because everything's on film. That's true. Very true. But you can't tell me an NFL player who's secure in his position or is going to become a free agent all of a sudden wants to maybe do some of these hits tomorrow that might get him hurt going into that free agent year or something that might require surgery when he's healthy now going into his offseason. So you can't tell me players aren't going to make business decisions. So I am of the ilk, yes, your championship should have been decided last week in head-to-head. You're in a total points league. I have no issue counting point week 17. That's fine. Even that's not perfect, but I understand that. I can sort of live, Dan, with a two-week championship. Are you counting sure. week 16 and week 17? Sort of live with that. But then again, if Drew Brees is on your team, how happy are you, are you about that right about now? Absolutely. You know, you're already now, Drew, right? So that's why, in my mind, week 17 should, really shouldn't count. But, hey, I know leagues that do, and my home league's a total points league. I'm, I'm playing week 17. It counts. So uh, 
I get it. And uh, I'm not, I'm not someone's going to go up here and oh, act like I didn't study or didn't do rankings. I did all that. I trade week 17 like I would any other week. But I will fully admit, it's week one is difficult because we haven't seen anything yet. Week 17 is really, really hard because you just don't know who's going to play. You don't know what coaches are lying. And you think of the Cowboys. What did Jason Garrett say? Everyone who's healthy plays. Well, Mr. Garrett, what's your definition of healthy? And what's your definition of plays? You know, if he has a hangnail, is that not healthy? So now he sits. Is your definition of plays a quarter, a series, a half? You know, that's why it's very, very tricky here to figure out what these uh, coaches and what these players are going to do. It's a gamble. Almost everybody's a gamble. So that's what it comes down uh, to me tomorrow. Uh, yeah, we, we do. You know, we do a lot of educated guessing during the year, and that sounds bad. But what it is is you, we're taking all the information we have, all the material we make our rankings based on that. Tomorrow's not even that. Because we just don't know, we, we go by well, what happened in the past. Sean Payton has a history of arresting people. Uh, I mentioned Jason Garrett. Well, the last time Dallas was in this situation was two years ago. He rested his plays after about a series, so he could be doing that again, or maybe he doesn't. We've heard Jerry Jones mouth off all week that he wants these players to play. Why? I have no idea. So you just don't know. You try to go out all past history of these coaches, assuming they have a past history. Right. And what they do. But for all you know, well, pass it and work. So they're going to try something uh, different this year. You just don't know. Yeah, there's a lot uh, to try to. And, you know, George, you said educated guesses. And it sounds about, but that that's analyzing anything that has multiple probable outcomes. You know, like that, that, that is the stock market. It is the how like it's everything out there. Uh, we're making our best guesses, our best uh, educated guesses uh, as to what the outcomes will be. And. Uh, if we're 60 or 65% accurate, that's a pretty damn good week. So um, I think this is a, a week to have some fun. You know, understand that analysis is going to be a little bit uh, circumspect because you're dealing with a lot of unknowns. As George just said, uh, you have to worry about what a, a coach is doing, but also what the individual players are doing, to George's point. Like the, these guys are out there every week you know, putting their bodies on the line for us, whatever phrase you want to use, but they need to worry about next season. No, none of these guys on a, a, a last place Arizona team want to go out there and tear an ACL or, or an Achilles or break an arm. Um, so you wonder, are they playing full speed? And you hear all the time, if, if you don't play full speed, that's when you get hurt. Well, you know, if your heart's not in it, your head's not in it, it's going to be a tough time to get out there week 17 when your team has nothing to play for. But if maybe individual players are playing for contracts or playing for next season because of a certain contract status. Those are things you can research and maybe get a leg up on the competition from a daily fantasy perspective. I want to run through quickly here uh, in this first segment, what the current playoff situations are uh, and where they'll potentially land on Sunday. Uh, we have the chiefs as the one seed Pats as the two seed in the AFC uh, three seed is Texans Colts are six chargers are five Ravens are four. So, um, there is a lot of things that can change here. The Pats can move up to the one seed if they get a win and the Chiefs lose. Uh, sorry, Chiefs and Chargers lose. Um, that scares the hell out of me if the, the Pats all of a sudden have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Uh, but I don't. It's not mess, happening. Yeah, don't worry about it. I, I don't see see it happening that both the Chiefs and Chargers lose. Um, yeah, the Texans who could conceivably drop down to I think the sixth seed um, if the Colts and or right. Titans were to win and the Texans were to lose. And then you have the Ravens-Steelers situation, right? So, well, obviously, whoever wins between the Chargers and the Chiefs, if the other team loses, they vault into the, the one seed and the AFC West uh, winner. Uh, Ravens-Steelers is an intriguing one. I don't see the Ravens losing, so I don't see the Steelers making the playoffs. But uh, that's the AFC. Over on the NFC side, the Saints are good. The Saints have made it easy on all of us. They are the one seed. Um, we will probably see a lot of Terry, uh, Teddy Bridgewater uh, on Sunday. If we don't, then... Sean Payton just wants to stick it to, to everybody. Uh, the Rams are the two seed. That can change. You have the Bears uh, potentially playing for uh, a two seed with a win and a Rams loss. The Vikings are hanging on for dear life to the six seed. And then you have the Cowboys. You were just explaining the Cowboys have nothing to play for, right, George? Absolutely no possibility of moving or changing anything in their de destiny here for the playoffs. Correct. Cowboys will be home uh, next week against Minnesota or Seattle, and nothing they can do to change that. Right. And so Seattle can drop to the sixth seed with a loss and somebody else winning and getting into the playoffs. I don't remember exactly what team. Then there are multiple other playoff scenarios underneath that. The Eagles can hop in uh, with a win and a Minnesota loss, so that's one to keep track of. Uh, a lot of moving parts on the AFC side. The NFC is much more intact. 
I will say the scenario I am most looking at, Georgia, because I just want it to happen, is the Indianapolis Colts making the playoffs. Now, this is a team that was left for dead to start the year. This is a team that I, uh, on this radio show, talked about how bad their defense was, how I don't trust Andrew Luck, how this is a team that I don't see where they're going this year or where they're going in the near future. But Frank Reich, uh, the offensive line, they've gotten it right. Uh, and if they win, I believe, if they win, let me see if I can find the exact uh, breakdown here. If they win, they're at least a wild card. If, right. you, uh, if they win and Houston loses, they win with the division. That's insane. Like, think about that. To start this year, and listen, I know the NFL has parity, and each year, year in, year out, we get different playoff teams, and there's a lot of change. But they were the dregs of the league last year. And yes, I get that Andrew Luck wasn't healthy, George, but this is a heck of a turnaround and one that you look at, maybe there's a blueprint here. I know the, the NFL is always called a copycat league, uh, but there, there could be a little bit of a draft blueprint, a free agent blueprint. I know they have a franchise quarterback who is now healthy. I know that's not something you can just snap your fingers and, and make work. Uh, but Andrew Luck makes some boneheaded plays, as do all quarterbacks. Um, did you see this at all um, in the first couple of weeks? Did you think that when we were talking in week one or week two, we'd see the Colts uh, vying for a playoff spot here in December? No. No, I didn't. Uh, I was very happy, mainly because I wasn't sure about Andrew Luck. Not the, uh, not the mentally he was back. We also him throwing in preseason. He couldn't throw the ball over 10, 15 yards down the field. Nothing was going into the secondary. It looked like his shoulder was still bothering him. Even the first couple of weeks of the regular season, it looked that way. And then I guess the shoulder got stronger. He started to play better. started to get more comfortable. Any way you want to look at it. I remember during the preseason, I'm watching... Uh, you know, one of the football shows. Uh, it could have been NFL Live. could have been NFL Network. I forget which one. And one of the analysts predicted Indianapolis to win the division because Luck was back. And I remember thinking, this guy's an idiot. You know, the defense was still bad. The offensive line was still a question mark. Even the running back situation, we didn't know. And they only had T.Y. Hilton at a uh, wide receiver. Not enough, uh, not, enough, you know, not enough weapons for Andrew Luck. You know, we were debating, should Des Bryant sign there? I think it was Corey Parson and I who would... Uh, the debating this. We thought that would be a good place for Des to end up because he'd have uh, Andrew Luck throwing the ball all the time because they'd be trailing a lot of these games. And for them to make this turnaround, I mean, congratulations to them. Congratulations to Andrew Luck. You know, you think about it, a franchise quarterback who's gone through pretty much two years of hell, gone through whatever he's had to go through to rehab and get that shoulder back, and it's back. You know, so I think this is uh, fantastic for the NFL, fantastic for the Colts. You know, you don't like to see talent go away. And uh, they've, they've revitalized it. they realized we have to protect Andrew Luck. You know, I don't think he's been sacked in a few games now you think about it. So they realized that's the most important thing. Keep him upright. Stop taking hits. And I think Luck has gotten smarter too and not taking dumb hits where he could avoid. He's gotten rid of the ball or slid when he runs rather than take those hits here. So to answer your question, no, I didn't see this. I don't think anybody outside of Indianapolis saw this in that one analyst that I was talking about. Uh, good for him. So uh, I think it's a great situation, good for the Colts. And as far as that game tomorrow night, I'm assuming we'll break it down later, but they've beaten Tennessee 10 straight times. Yep. All right, Mariota's hurt. Uh, even if he was healthy, I don't think it would matter much. I can't see how Minnesota, uh, not Minnesota, how Indianapolis doesn't win here and get into the playoffs. And that won't be any fun for the Houston Texans, who if they win, that's who they'll play first round. Be Houston and, uh, and Indianapolis. Won't that be fun? It will, and uh, that will that should prove to be a very solid game if it does come to pass. I will say I am uh, that's the game I'm most looking forward to uh, watching this weekend. And uh, it's good that we get it in prime time. We get it uh, on an island, and we can all sit back and enjoy uh, Andrew Luck hopefully uh, going to work and getting the job done. We will go through game by game as we always do, uh, break them all down, look at the potential lines. There are some somewhat crazy lines out there that I think are uh, Vegas trying to predict what some of these coaches are going to do. Um, I'm looking at you, uh, Giants-Cowboys line. But um, I, I think that there is some viability to some of these bets. Uh, George made a uh, point last week as well. It's uh, time to, to look at some prop bets as well, have some fun with uh, some catch numbers, some rushing numbers, uh, and uh, discuss through. Want to get your take here quickly, George, on Philip Lindsay. And this is a guy who was, uh, we know his story, undrafted free agent, uh, played for the hometown Broncos, burst onto the scene, was showing himself to be a dynamic runner. We also know that in the NFL, uh, running backs are replaceable. And this isn't a debate about zero RB or, or about the value of drafting a running back in the first round. It's just simply... 
Uh, simply the the fact of the matter is we see it day in, week out, week in, week out, and we see it year in, year out that running backs disappear and, and they get replaced. Look at James Conner and Le'Veon Bell. Look at, you know, Jalen Samuel and James Conner. Um, what do you make of this situation? Obviously a bad uh, break for Lindsay and the wrist injury. Do you see him as the, you know, the lockdown running back in Denver? Or is this a guy who's going to have to prove his worth once he's healthy again next year? Well, he'll probably have to prove his worth because we expect Vance Joseph to be gone. Right. Right. So new coaching staff, new system, you know, the, he could have to prove his worth again. Plus, he'll, uh, the wrist injury, he'll be out three to four months rehabbing. So he'll be back eh, probably before March, somewhere around there. So uh, I think he'll have to prove his worth again. That being said. Uh, I have done some pre-2019 rankings. We all do this. And he's up there. He's way ahead of Freeman. There are two different types of backs. You know, Lindsey's more of that slasher. Once he gets going, he's tough to bring down. Plays, he, plays with an, he plays angry. He definitely plays angry. Uh, so that is that. Royce Freeman is a back who needs to carry the ball because he'll be the old-time back. He's going to get his yards in the second half when he's battered and bruised the, uh, the defense. They don't want to tackle him anymore. Now they're getting a little tired, and he's gaining those two, three extra yards and breaking some, uh, some runs here for 10-12. That's when he's going to do his damage. And I don't know with Lindsey around if he's ever going to get that. If he's ever going to get that because he's not going to get that volume. He's not going to get those 18, 20 carries. Lindsey is good enough. So I think that's the problem there. I don't see that being uh, – <laughs> I don't see that happening anytime soon for Freeman. It's a problem. On today's show, we'll break down Week 17, get you any uh, fantasy plays for your championship if it's still ongoing. We'll also talk DFS and wagering. Find us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. Again, FNTSY Radio. Come back with more Dan and George right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. the game you got a gut feeling no problem now you can bet from anywhere anytime with the all-new my bookie mobile betting platform with the my bookie mobile betting betting platform you'll enjoy the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go try it today and you'll never miss another winning bet head on over to mybookie.ag and open an account with the promo code fntsy and my bookie will match your deposit up to one thousand dollars yes that's right one thousand dollars that's mybookie.ag promo code F-N-T-S-Y. George, we are going to go game by game as we often do, as we always do here on our radio program. Uh, Going through and we'll take a look at the lines. We'll take a look at some of the best plays and we will uh, probably vote yay or nay on whether or not uh, it'll get the uh, third screen treatment in your man cave. But uh, Miami at Buffalo is where we'll start. This one may not even make uh, one of those TVs as uh, should be a heck of a bad game. Uh, Buffalo is favored by minus five and a half as a live line that I see right now, an over under of uh, 40, uh, 22.75 implied total for Buffalo, 17.25 for Miami. I'll give you the quick narrative breakdown. Obviously, um, Buffalo is looking to build on Josh Allen. Uh, He ran wild over the Dolphins, uh, literally running uh, a couple of weeks back. He showed he uh, has the ability to go for 100 plus yards on a pretty regular basis. When the pocket breaks down, Adam Gaze is telling his team, hey, guys, eight and eight sounds a lot better than seven to nine. Will they care? Who knows? We're going to have to find out on Sunday. What do you see from this one? What pieces are you at least intrigued to see maybe for next year's rankings or or how uh, DFS may shake out this week? I like the way you put that. A heck of a bad game. Yeah, yeah. 
That's about it. And no, no, Dan, this, this won't be anywhere near one of my three TVs. All right. Uh, not going to happen. Do not want to see this game at all. That being said, uh, now this is one of those games where if you're on Miami side, and if I be that, but I mean, if you mean, uh, if you think about starting Miami players, is Gates going to be back next year? Right. You know, I think the players are thinking this too. Do I have to try hard for him? He's not going to be here. You know, so I think that's going to worry me. But even if you want to try, who? Who do you want to start on Miami? Buffalo's still playing hard. Defense's still playing well. Yep. You know, I mean, the Balage barrage, that didn't happen last week. You know, we were th- thought he, uh, big things were coming when he replaces Frank Gore, who's on IR. Nope, didn't happen. I don't see it happening tomorrow either. So I'm not starting Balage. Kenyon Drake, I mean, he's been disappointing all year long. They don't seem to want to give him the ball uh, as far as carrying it. They'll throw it to him out of the backfield. Strange situation. I don't know why they don't trust him. He seems to be their, their game-breaker uh, out of the backfield. They, they don't use him. So maybe as a flex at the, at the very best, I would think about it. Still, Amendola, Parker. We, I mean, I think we talked about this last week. We heard the uh, OC say they're, trying to, uh, they're taking Parker out of the offense. <laughs> I mean, wow. You just don't see Coach to say this. So... Uh, yeah, that's a good Buffalo defense here. There's no one I want to start on Miami. Just, just nobody. You go to Buffalo, it doesn't get all that much better. I suppose you could have have to start Josh Allen if uh, you're a Drew Brees owner. You know, and you got nothing going on there. Maybe you don't like Kirk Cousins going up against that Chicago defense tomorrow. Or Trubisky going up against the Minnesota defense. I can certainly see that. Uh, Josh Allen goes for one of these quarterbacks that's just not going to uh, play all that much tomorrow. McCoy, even though I like the matchup, he's been so disappointing this year. Forster is someone I could be talked into. I think Miami's secondary is weak. Probably know Xavier Howard again. And Forster, I know his numbers last week were, were pedestrian, but he dropped one long touchdown pass. And he dropped another, I should say he dropped the other one, uh, he, Allen missed him. So he was open for another big day. It just didn't happen there. I think it could happen tomorrow. I could be talked into Forster. But that's really about it as well. Yeah, I, I think the one you know piece from this game, can't say a player because I like the Bills defense over on DraftKings at 2,700, just a number that sort of jumped off the page. They're not big on takeaways. This is just a very good defense. It's a defense that plays very solidly, doesn't give up big plays, uh, and has held a a lot of uh, big offenses, at least in check on the season. So their numbers uh, average out to be one of the better, if not uh, the best in the AFC, uh, by a large margin on uh, the pass side. You know, on the defensive side, sorry, outside of Baltimore. um, You know, you have a a second rank in DVOA versus the pass for the Buffalo Bills on the year. And 16th against the rush, but as George said, I don't fear any part of this Miami Dolphins rush game. So if you can take a look and say, all right, maybe Buffalo gets a couple of sacks, maybe they get an interception. Uh, A turnover, obviously, is key a lot of the times for DFS uh, defenses at 2700. That's enough of a discount off the top end Rams, top end Seahawks uh, of a thousand and 1200 respectively. That I think you're getting uh, some pretty good savings uh, in that matchup. But don't need to to stay on this game too long as it doesn't have any playoff implications and probably won't have a lot of uh, DFS perspective. Uh, but always uh, someone like Foster, I think, is a good call as a potential GPP upside play. Somebody who won't be highly owned because. No one's going to care about this game. I've been, it's a, an intriguing question that I'm sure someone's done a study on, but worth uh, looking up on ownership percentages in DFS week 17 on teams with something to play for, meaning playoff implications uh, versus teams without. And whether or not as a, uh, a group, as a, uh, a body of people, uh, that DFS players are uh, subject to some biases on games that matter versus games that don't matter. Uh, because obviously the teams that don't matter aren't playing for anything are usually the, the worse off teams are the teams that aren't good. So they have less good players. Uh, and I wonder if we see lower ownership on some of those guys that have some upside would be uh, something I, I can take a look at during the offseason to, to understand a little bit better. Uh, up next is a game that has a little bit to play for, um, not from a playoff perspective, but you've heard the narrative that the Green Bay Packers uh, want jo- uh, Philbin to be their coach and they're playing for him and they want to show uh, management. And uh, we all know that uh, the Green Bay Packers are owned by the people. They are, you know, a publicly traded team, blah, 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 blah. Um, we get uh, 26.25 implied total for the Packers, 18.75 for the Detroit Lions. 45 is the over under spread of minus seven and a half. 
what, what do you got here? Do you think there's enough upside for an Aaron Rodgers, Devonte Adams, um, that this is a, a spot to go back to them? Or, or do you see, uh, does your crystal ball predict that the Green Bay Packers are another team that just doesn't have anything to play for? Or they do, in fact, but that won't play. That will be a team that uh, holds up the tents and heads home a little bit early uh, before 1 p.m. on Sunday. No, I, I think Green Bay is going to play at home. I think they're looking to put up some points on the board. It looks like they did last week against the Jets. So I'm not really worried about my Packers. Uh, you got to check on Devontae Adams. He's questionable. Knee injury, uh, game time decision tomorrow. I think he plays, ball fan. But I will check on him to make sure. Aaron Rodgers is certainly starting for me. Uh, Devontae Adams obviously starts if he goes. Jamal Williams starts for me. Uh, anybody after that is more on the questionable mark. And this includes Jimmy Graham. I assume you can't do better than Graham on your fantasy team. You know, the tight end has just been such a, you know, a terrible position this year with injuries and disappointments all season long. But maybe you can. But what I'm trying to say is Graham's not an automatic for me. If you, ha- if you happen to have something else, I'd go with something else. Graham's done nothing all year long here. Randall Cobb is clear concussion. He's more than likely going to play. Probably not starting him. Uh, once again, we come down to what else you have on your roster. But really, what's Cobb done all season long? Sort of a game or two uh, where he's performed. So, no, thank you. But I, I'm starting Rodgers with confidence. I think, he, uh, I think he does have something to play for. And mainly it's Mike McCarthy sucks. In Rodgers' mind, it's what, what he's trying to prove here. Look what I can do without McCarthy. He's still trying to justify that to see, uh, you know, big some uh, the population's blaming him for McCarthy's firing, whether it's true or not. I think that's the way uh, the mentality is there. For Detroit, I mean, really, uh, Galladay, that's about the only person you convinced me of. Uh, and he had, he had a terrible matchup last week and put up good numbers against Buffalo. Uh, the week before, he had a terrible matchup, put up terrible numbers. So you don't know what you're going to get there. He's battling, battling a little bit of an injury as well. So you're going to want to check his status to make sure he plays. Once again, I suspect he does. And if he plays, I'm starting him. I think he had a very good matchup here. The, their only weapon anywhere on offense is Kenny Galladay. So once again, I think he'll have a uh, a solid game. But like I said, chest injury, make sure he goes. You see, last, So he had those results against Buffalo in Week 15, which were gigantic. Seven receptions uh, on eight targets, 146 yards. Uh, no scores, which is tough, but again, you, you get 150 yards. You're going to take that. Uh, last week, 15 targets, just six receptions. Uh, so he's getting the volume. If you know a few more of those are connected and you get a score, you're going to have a gigantic output. Uh, it is a good matchup here, but uh, as George put out, uh, you got to make sure he is ready to go. Aaron Rodgers is someone I'm I'm definitely considering uh, over on DraftKings. Uh, price point's not great. He's above 6K, uh, but that's usually what you'll pay for, for uh, someone of his stature. I would love to pair Adams with him, but I may even go just Rodgers on his own and build a lineup around him and assume, you know, some random wide receiver is going to pick up tons of yardage and, and touchdowns. He's going to throw, and he's going to throw a lot, I think, here. And they're going to try to put up points, as George said. So from a DFS perspective, and we'll recap all this at the end of the show, just go through uh, our favorite plays and make sure uh, we uh, recap all that was said. But I think that uh, Rodgers makes for a great quarterback play this week. We continue on game by game here. Uh, New York at New England. That is the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 against the New England Patriots. And again, uh, my worst fear coming true here uh, as the Pats are a two seed as of right now could be the one seed. I agree with George, as he said uh, during the first segment. I don't see that happening. I don't see the Ram- uh, sorry the Chargers and Chiefs both losing, but stranger things have happened. Um, I, I, I don't know that I could deal with a world where the Pats have home field advantage throughout. As it is, them being a two seed scares the crap out of me just uh, from the scenario of, uh, say, Chiefs are one, Chargers are five. They end up meeting each other, I think, with the playoff bracket breaking down. Chargers beat the Chiefs in Kansas City, and all of a sudden the Chargers are going to New England to play the Pats in New England. The Pats are going back to the Super Bowl. I, I, and I, George, I get it, and I, I get that so many people want to talk about the demise of the New England Patriots, but there's a clear path here for things to break their way and, and get one more run in here before all the wheels come off. Am I crazy to see that, or is that just me being a jilted Jets fan over the years? I think you're pretty crazy to see that. Uh, <laughs> I do. Uh, Pats, Pats aren't a very good team. I agree yeah, with that. A weak conference. But how many times have we said that? Division. How many times have we said they're not a good team? Maybe I say it more often than more, most people. But I yeah, just, not very. Listen, I, I predicted the Pats to make the Super Bowl. And I did that I, before it was even started. But I did that because I can't want to keep picking them until somebody knocks them off. It's, really, it's just that simple for yep. me. Yeah, I just thought I was able to save play here. And the problem is in the AFC. 
if you ask me right now who makes the Super Bowl, I don't know. Yep. I mean, Kansas City, you know, now they're losing games. The defense just sucks. New England, like I said, they're, they're not a very good team all around. Uh, Houston, uh, it's hard to see them really going there. The Watson still makes his mistakes. They have no secondary. Indianapolis, okay, I like them. But as the sixth seed, that's probably the best they can do. Always a chance Houston loses tomorrow. We can revisit this. But as a sixth seed, that's tough to do winning all those road games. Chargers, you know, it's just the thing about the Chargers is, I think the two my two favorite teams are probably the Chargers and the Ravens, but they're gonna one's gonna knock off the other more than likely in the first round. They're probably playing each other again, and uh, I don't know if I trust the Chargers enough to get past the Ravens. Right. I think the Ravens are gonna be the toughest out there because of that defense is playing so well, and Lamar Jackson is doing just enough, and he's getting better, which is scary. But he's doing just enough to uh, to win games here, so it's intriguing there. So as far as the Pats are concerned, it's, it's this. I mean. Brady looks mortal more often than not. Uh, Gronkowski looks done. He looks done. It looks like uh, maybe we should have known, seen this coming. I mean, Bill Belichick tried to trade him. Yep. Had a trade and done. He thought about retiring. No, he thought about retiring. Right. He said, "No, I'm not going. I'll retire first. Think about that. Maybe we should have seen this coming. Gronk is just done. And uh, this is not a knock on Gronk. He's t- he's had what three, four surgeries, back surgeries, knee surgeries. He takes a beating out there. Eventually, that's going to take its toll on you. Mm-hmm. You know, Josh Gordon is gone now, right? They don't have really uh, they, their offense is not scaring anybody, and the defense wasn't scaring anybody to begin with. So uh, they're doing it now by guile, really, just guile. Even last week, what they beat Buffalo last week, and that uh, that wasn't a great game by them at all. Uh, they, you know, Buffalo missed on their connections. The defense still uh, shut down uh, the Patriots. The offense playing so bad, the Patriots don't win that game. That being said, could it happen? Sure. They're not going to win. get the first seed. There's no, I, I'd be shocked if KC loses to Oakland alone. Forget Chargers in Denver. I don't think KC's losing to Oakland. Not, not in KC. I think Oakland gave everything they had to win that final game in Oakland on Monday night. And congratulations to them, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think they care tomorrow. Truly don't. You know, so I, I don't. I think that's done. Uh, so Casey will get the number one seed, which puts Patriots probably at number two. But I'm not saying the Patriots definitely beat the Jets tomorrow. Jets are still oh, trying to. The Jets. They're beating the Jets. This is. I'd love to. See, I, I think they are too. I, I would be surprised, but I don't. I don't give it as a, uh, an okay. easy game here. I mean, I think the Jets. Jets are trying. Uh, Sam Donald needs the uh, the practice and all this. Todd Bowles. You know, say what you want about the man. He's got the team trying. He he's going to get fired anyway, but he's got the team trying here. Uh, I mean, tomorrow you're going fantasy-wise. Am I starting Tom Brady? Yeah. You know, you serve a Jets defense. Maybe they're not trying so much. Aaron Rodgers lit them up like a Christmas tree last week. Yes, the officiating was bad in the game. Okay, but we can say this about every game, boys and girls. Every game, the officiating is terrible. Yeah, insert your favorite so team here. Gonna... The the refs were, were right. terrible. The refs suck. All right, it's true. The, the officiating has been god-awful this season for everybody. I'm a Cowboy fan. I can say the same thing. But I, I say the same thing. You know what? Odds are, if you look at the game through even glasses, the ref missed the same amount of calls on the other team. Yep. That's just the way it is. You don't know what you're going to get from these refs. So, some of them want to be involved in the game. They want to make a name for themselves. Some of these crews call everything. You sneeze, penalty. You know, uh, I I ref hockey games. I wish people uh, – the way I always ref a hockey game, I'm not calling a penalty unless my arm goes up. That signals a penalty in hockey, boys and girls. Uh, and I can't stop it. In other words, it was so obvious – I, can't, I couldn't stop my arm from going up. Same thing. As a ref, I wish they wouldn't throw that flag unless it's just so obvious they, they, they can't stop their hand from going to grab the flag. If you have to think about it, not a penalty. That's just the way I wish the teams would go about it. I don't want to see flags all day unless it's egregious. Uh, so, like I said, I'm starting Brady. The run game, I mean, you're starting. James White scored a touchdown last week, which we thought might happen when Gordon was out. They might go back to him. I'm starting White, starting Michelle. Gronk, I don't want to, but you probably have to. I don't think you can have better than Gronk. Edelman and then Hogan, if. You know, it depends on what else you have in your roster. Hogan will be that second wide receiver for me. Uh, I, just, I like the matchup tomorrow. I think points will be scored in this game here. That's well, for the Jets. Probably not starting Donald. Probably not. Uh, probably am starting McGuire, and I am starting Robbie Anderson. And you're probably starting Herndon, too. The Jets have a, you know, as a Jet fan, you may have something here. You know, Robbie Anderson's finally woken up. Sam Donald looks like he could, can be um, uh, an NFL quarterback. I'm not going to say franchise quarterback. So when, I think when you say franchise, we mean great, great, great. I'm not sure he's going to be that, but it looks like he's at least on his way to being an NFL quarterback. And we'll see if he can develop from there. Herndon looks like you have a serviceable tight end. I don't love McGuire, mind you, but I'm starting him tomorrow anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. And you'll start to hear uh, during the offseason the 
wonderful siren song of Le'Veon Bell joining the New York Jets, but I've also heard him tied to the Indianapolis Colts. He's going to have his pick of, of what team he wants to go to, even though, you know, John Connor has sort of proven that maybe his secret sauce is just being in a very good offensive uh, situation with Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown, but we'll see. I think the uh, line here is one to talk about a bit. 14 and a half uh, feels pretty big uh, in what will be a divisional game end of season. Uh, do you see the Jets covering maybe minus 13 and a half or, or is this a, a line you'd stay away from? Oh, I'll take the Jets here. I'll take, I think the Jets are still playing hard. I don't think they're giving up here. I don't. You know, I like the Jets. I like the over as well. This is what, 46 and a half here? Yeah, so I like the Jets and the over in this game. And once again, we're, it's always hard reading tea leaves because for all we know, you know, with Jets, oh, now we're on the road. We're at New England. Coach going to get fired tomorrow. I'm talking about how they're thinking tomorrow. Maybe they do give up tomorrow. But I think they're still playing hard here. I don't think they win the game, but I think they cover. Yeah, you're going to need some uh, offensive help outside of Robbie Anderson. So we'll see what wide receivers are actually healthy for the Jets heading in. Plenty still to get to here on Fantasy Sports Day. Dan Stratford, George Kurtz. Find us over on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. We'll open up the phone lines in the second segment of the second hour. Back with more after this on Fantasy Sports Today. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Want to be the next the daily fantasy legend? Try DailyRoto.com for free this holiday season. That's right, free advice from fantasy pros, free NBA DFS projections, free optimizer access, and free everything else you need to dominate daily fantasy basketball this holiday season. Stuff your stockings with cold hard cash and get free access to Daily Roto with the promo code DRHOLIDAYS to access your free trial. That is DailyRoto.com, promo code DR holidays again, uh, not part of the read, but uh, Mike and Drew and and uh, Colin, all the guys over there are, are uh, top notch from a DFS perspective. So uh, worth checking out, especially with that low low price of free uh, DR holidays again. Your promo code. So uh, keep that in mind as you roll through. Uh, you do have uh, NBA DFS going on all weekend and into uh, next week, so uh, maybe worth checking that out. Uh, a game that I have no idea what to make of uh, because of those moving parts we've talked about, George, and uh, the potential for Breeze to sit and Michael Thomas to sit, get Teddy Bridgewater in there, another starting quarterback for Carolina. Um, Carolina at New Orleans. Uh, this is a, a New Orleans team with zero to play for uh, other than keeping their players healthy. That has to be their priority right now, but still sitting at a 25.5 over under, uh, uh, sorry, uh, implied total. Uh, Carolina at 18 and over under down to 42 and a half. It opened at 45 minus seven is the live spread I'm seeing uh, in favor of New Orleans. So we should get Teddy Bridgewater here at some point. Uh, if Breeze plays, maybe it's for a series. I even think that would be pretty idiotic of uh, Sean Payton to run any of his starters out there. I know there's the question in many circles of, well, do you, do you rest completely? Do you start uh, and play it like the, the fourth preseason game? Uh, what do you do to keep your players fresh and engaged and blah, 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 blah. Um, how do you see, Do you, are you intrigued by what Teddy Bridgewater can bring to this offense? Do you think he has a future um, with another team as a starter? Uh, and where do you see this game really breaking down from a fantasy perspective? If, some of these big ifs come through and we do see some of the backups for New Orleans. Well, I mean, Sean Payton has said Teddy Bridgewater is starting. So oh, you're not going to okay. see Breeze tomorrow. I have not seen that. Then What's there, he going to Breeze in the second quarter? Right, yeah. He said that yesterday. So uh, Breeze is done. He got Breeze to get him out of your lineup. Uh, I would assume that means Michael Thomas is at the very least on a pitch count or maybe he plays a series or two. We don't know this for sure. He hasn't. He's only announced Breeze. All right, but uh, I don't know about Thomas. I don't know about Kamara. I don't know about Ingram. You know, the other guys we care about here, but I assume at the very least they don't play long term. 
Maybe it's treated like the second preseason game. They get a quarter. Maybe they get a series. Whatever it might be. Uh, I got to assume Kamara doesn't play much, at if, if any, tomorrow. Maybe you see more Ingram tomorrow than anything else. But I'm of the ilk, same as you. I, I don't I don't take chances in unnecessary games. And if you're going to sit Breeze, I mean, what, are you going to play uh, your other starters? doesn't make any sense there. So I assume these guys aren't going to play. Uh, so as of right now, I, I don't want to put Kamara in my lineup. I don't want to put Michael Thomas in my lineup. I really don't. I don't think they're playing very much at all. So I want, I want to take them out here. As for Bridgewater, I mean – do I think he has a career in the NFL? Probably. But I'll say this again. I mean, you look uh, – you watched him play in Minnesota. He was pedestrian. I mean, he, I think he had some future, some upside, but he hadn't reached it yet. Now, I say yet. Maybe he would have reached it if he didn't get hurt. He did. Now, I think next season he'll be on a new team. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Maybe it's the Giants. Some people have speculated that. Uh, maybe it's not. I know Dane, uh, Dane, the spitting statistician, believe I believe that's where he had uh, he made a thing of where where he plays uh, teams at new quarterbacks. He thinks Bridgewater goes to the Giants. I believe that's what he said. Makes some sense, obviously, but I, I just don't know if he's the uh, the be old end all. All of a sudden, oh, Bridgewater is going to be great. I don't know that at all. That he's anything more than a you know your average NFL quarterback who can move around a little bit. And we don't know if he can still move around after that injury. So I think it'll be somewhat interesting to see tomorrow. I think he'll be a spectacle to watch, yes, because I want to see if he can move around, if he can throw the ball. What, what can he do? As for the fantasy purposes tomorrow, it's going to be hard to like anybody in this game other than Christian McCaffrey. And you think about it, I mean, Cam's gone, even Heineke's gone now, we're down to third string. Uh, I, I'm, Christian McCaffrey's the only person I'm interested in there. Possibly Ian Thomas, who has to take a hit now as well. With the, all these injuries at quarterback here, so I don't know if I want to go with him either. It'll depend on what else I have there at tight end. Uh, and I said for New Orleans, is really nobody I want to start then. You know, Breeze is out. I don't think Kamara and Thomas play long at all. I think Ingram could play the most, but I even say that with a, you know, the most doesn't mean much. I think he could get more carries than anybody else because someone has to touch the ball there other than Dwayne Washington. And if I had a choice right now, I think Dwayne Washington might be the guy you want to start at running back tomorrow. If you had to start somebody from New Orleans. It's going to be a fun one to uh, watch just from a Teddy Bridgewater perspective. But I agree with you. And I, I watch Bridgewater a lot in college. Um, he's good. I just think that the leg injury and the win-loss results cloud a little bit of how good he was going to be in the NFL. I don't know that he was ever going to be uh, a top 12 quarterback uh, in the league. And I wonder... If a team is going to overpay, especially again, this is thinking of uh, offensive systems, right? So uh, a, a system clearly like the Chiefs right now or the Rams are doing things that are bumping up these players. You think about Damian Williams signing a, a, a two-year contract extension with Kansas City. If Damian Williams had you know two big weeks here and tried to sign with another team, would he revert back to the one we saw with the Miami Dolphins? Or is the skill really in getting the best out of these players? And I don't see... Bridgewater going to Giants being a big jump forward for him in getting most out of his skill set. I know Pat Shermer's, uh, you know, an offensive coach and, you know, you get what you get there from a quarterback perspective, but I, I don't know that there's a big upside there. Uh, whereas maybe going to a different offense with a, a, a different openness to it uh, would serve him better. I don't, I don't know, to be honest. I'm not, a, I don't t- uh, try to be a, uh, NFL scout, I, I am not an offensive or defensive coordinator, as, as clear uh, as day, uh, but I, I think some of it may be clouded with uh, what we saw out of him in college, the brief stint we saw in more win-loss numbers than actual uh, percentages on Bridgewater's play. Um, I think he's, a, I think he's a, a, a Jeff Fisher quarterback. I think he's an 8-8 quarterback, somebody who you know, is, is going to be fine but needs a lot of skill around him uh, to break it to a 10-6, and 11-5 sort of team. And I don't know that a- any team's going to have the money to, to move around uh, to really make that work with Bridgewater going to a situation where they need a new quarterback, right? So it, like, it's all those moving parts that happen uh, underneath the salary cap in the NFL. Any interest here? Uh, in wagering, I assume not, right? Just too many question marks to even care about an over/under or a spread here. No, I don't think I because uh, you don't know how long these, how long these guys are going to play. And I mentioned Carolina's a mess too, as far as the quarterback situation is concerned. I mean, I, even if you force me to, I can't find something I'd like here. I would probably go with the Saints, you know, because at least in Bridgewater, you you have a quarterback. 
you know, he should be able to get something done here. But I think that's not saying all that much. So if you force me to, I'll go with the Saints minus seven. They're at home. Like I said, they got they have a quarterback, at least a legit quarterback that they could do some damage here. But I'm I'm not loving it at all. All right, let's uh, keep rolling on here. We have a number of games to get through. Uh, Obviously, uh, last week of the season, it is fun because we have a ton of 4 o'clock games. So if you're somebody uh, from a DFS perspective who likes to play multiple slates on the same day, uh, likes to play the 1 p.m.s, the 4 p.m.s, you have a full slate of games at 4 p.m. on Sunday. So you'll be able to uh, get in uh, a couple of different uh, lineups. I will say a good buddy of mine, Dave Lochran, uh, and I have uh, worked together for a long time in DFS. And as far as I know, he created the term TELC, which is tilt entering late contests. Uh, so when your your 1 p.m.s don't go so well, you have plenty of 4 p.m.s to jump into here. Um, I'm sure plenty of wagerers out there uh, have uh, done just the same, uh, playing some like late night whack football or some random Hawaii football game uh, when the, the college football slate has not gone well. But uh, let's go to... Uh, Dallas at New York. And this is the game. uh, I feel like Vegas is telling us what Dallas is doing, George. Am I off here that uh, a minus six in favor of the Giants seems like a very strange line uh, if Dallas were to play their starters? Well, I think uh, once again, as I said earlier, you have to read into what Garrett is saying. His quote is, if they're healthy, they're going to play. And you have to realize that that leaves a lot of room for interpretation. Healthy could be, okay, he's got a hangnail. He sits. Not healthy. Technically, he's right. So he didn't lie. You know, and then once again, if he does play, define play. A series. A quarter. Right. Uh, I can tell you, Dallas was in the situation two years ago. This was in the uh, the Romo's last year. Uh, they had everything wrapped up. Uh, I believe the uh, what, whatever seed, they think the number three seed that year. Had everything wrapped up on the road at Philadelphia. Same sort of situation here. Here they're the number four seed on the road at the Giants. And it was it was Romo's last game. Remember, they brought him back. He played, uh, what, a series or two. I think Dak played the first series. Romo came in after that and uh, led the uh, Cowboys right down the field. I think they do the same thing here. I not uh, Just not Romo. I think Dak will play a series, maybe two, and that's it. I, I wouldn't mind if I'm the Cowboys. I'm not doing that. Uh, Dak sits, Elliott sits, Tyron Smith sits, Zach Martin sits, Amari Cooper sits, and several players on defense sits, Marcus Lawrence. I, I think it's idiotic to play any of your players tomorrow. I mean, odds are the Cowboys are going to play the late night Saturday game next week. That's the, the primetime game. They always want the Cowboys in that slot to, for the ratings, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, you're already getting one uh, less day of rest. Why are you playing anybody tomorrow? I and mean, really, why are you doing it? What's the game tomorrow? I know the offense hasn't played all that well the past couple of weeks. You think you're going to solve that in a series or two? Really? You're going to solve that in a series or two? You're not. All right. You work that out in practice and get that better. It is much more important to make sure Ezekiel Elliott's fresh. Zach Martin, who may be the key to this team, is fresh, or as fresh as he's going to be, because he's not going to be healthy next week no matter what. That knee injury is not going to heal. Tyron Smith has been banged up most of this year, limited in practice tomorrow. He should sit. And I just think, uh, you know, if you're going to sit your two best offensive linemen, well, then you can't play Dak or Elliott. Right. You just can't be stupid. I mean, it would be, what's the word you're doing, uh, malpractice to do so. It would just be idiotic. So I think your best-case scenario is that you're going to get these players for a series or two. So you're not starting Dak no matter what. Right. And Elliott, I mean, I don't want to start him either. You know, maybe they give him a couple of series and, you know, five, eight carries to make sure he wins the rushing title. He has, what, a 236-yard lead over Barkley. I can see that, but that's it. Then these guys get out of there. So I definitely don't think they're playing long. I have no idea why Jerry Jones is mouthed off this week that he's going to play all his players like they normally would. I, I, what, what's his upside here? They're not even playing at home, so they're not trying to put on a show here. Right. So fantasy-wise, I'd be very, very careful here. I would, however, start all your Giants like you normally would. You know, I'm starting Saquon. Of course, you're starting Barkley. Uh, although Beckham's out again. Thank you very much. Killing my fantasy team. Uh, Sterling Shepard, I think, could be a play here as well. I think the Giants will uh, move the ball pretty uh, somewhat up and down the field. Somewhat. I don't think it's out. The coaches may care – the players don't. They know what's, it's all for next week here. I know. I think they're going to be, once again, making a lot of business decisions, making sure they don't get hurt going into the playoffs. So I think the Giants will have uh, an easy time here. And I like the Giants minus five and a half. Something I meant to check coming into this week, and I'll check uh, during the next break of where Sterling Shepard lined up uh, last week. He had been moved outside a bit with Russell Shepard back and playing the slot. So with uh, Russell Shepard out, I think Sterling Shepard should have moved back to the slot and had a, a six uh, reception, seven target game, 113 yards, won a double check. 
uh, whether or not uh, he was, in fact, running out of the slot a bit more where he seems to be much more comfortable on the air. He's down to 5,400 over on DK in one of those uh, wide receiver plays I think is more than viable in the mid-tier. Uh, let's try to get one more game in here before uh, the top of the hour. We have Atlanta. We have Tampa Bay. Uh, a game of who cares, don't care. Uh, but uh, Atlanta trying to uh, get into the offseason maybe with some positive vibes. Tampa Bay may go to Ryan Griffin here, may try to get uh, some backup run uh, for their quarterback here to see what they have exactly. Uh, with Jameis Winston uh, potentially leaving, uh, Griffin uh, could see uh, some time here. I don't know if anything else has come out. Now he says, uh, you know, Dirk Cotter on Monday said, this guy's been here for three years. He's worked his tail off, uh, should get him some snaps. Uh, whether or not that's a, a, a full series, a, a half, a three quarters, whatever it might be, again, is up in the air. Um, there are some fantasy viable players here, George, but uh, do you trust any of them? And, and who were the names that uh, you're keeping an eye on in this contest? Well, I think you're starting all your Falcons like you normally would. You know, I'm still starting Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. Uh, is, is going to start for me. Doesn't even carry any injury designation this week, so always nice. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm I said the Falcons. I think they'll score points. I'm starting my Falcons. Uh, Sanu Ridley. I I could go down that far as well. I think there'll be room for them to uh, put up some numbers because of what's going on throughout the NFL and other guys sitting and not playing. Tevin Coleman. Eh, I'd rather not. You know, once again, uh, other than that one big week in what week 15, he's done nothing. Uh, most of the season. Austin Hooper probably goes for me as well. Tampa Bay, I mean, you said it. Griffin, is he going to play? When is he going to play? That determines everything. I mean, it really does. Uh, so Winston now, all of a sudden, not an automatic start. I mean, uh, you know, he had a, an interesting game against the Cowboys last week. They really moved the ball up and down the field between the 20s. They just self-destructed once they got close to scoring. Yep. You know, whether it be uh, penalties, moving them back, or misplays, or just not always taking field goals rather than touchdowns. Uh, but they had no problem moving the ball here. So, you know, you want to start Winston. You want to start – you're starting Evans probably either way. Not starting the Sean Jackson. Humphreys I'm starting. Godwin probably not. I think that's the way it comes down to here. Uh, Humphreys has been uh, valuable of late. Actually, he's been valuable for more than of late. Cameron Brait is probably not. He has done – you know, he had that two-touchdown game. That came on two receptions. Certainly can't rely on that. So – you know, once again, you're playing the guessing game here. How how long do they stick with Winston? Dirk Cutter, I would think it's fine at the end of the year. So I don't know what, if it makes any sense for him to go with Griffin. And I, like, what's he want to see? You know, he's not going to be there next year to worry about it anyway. He should do his best to win this game to pay at his resume. That's my thinking there. So uh, I think Winston plays most of this game, but I'm not starting him. I am starting Evans and Humphreys. The running backs, Barber, once again, he's a flex play if you have nothing else going for you. Uh, a game to uh, keep track of for sure. Atlanta, what are you doing? As far as the old betting uh, line yep. here, yep. Uh, I'm going. I'm going Atlanta. They're minus one. I think they beat Tampa Bay. Uh, it, it's hard. We said we don't know. Maybe these players don't care. You know, they're in uh, you know, Tampa Bay. Nice weather, hanging out. They uh, next day they're uh, on vacation. But uh, I, I think that line is uh, too nice for me not to take the Falcons. I think they are the better team, and they've been playing somewhat hard lately. The over-under at 52, I'm not touching because f- suppose you're right. You know, or I should say you're right. Suppose uh, the a scenario you mentioned could happen. Griffin plays three quarters. You can, you you know, can say I'm right. Tam- That's fine. I mean, Tampa this scores is at all. fine with that. Well, you're never right. <laughs> I mean, you know, so, uh, you know, you're, you're a Jet fan. How right can you be? Uh, so, <laughs> Speak the truth. So, no. <laughs> uh, but the scenario, one of the scenarios you mentioned could happen, and that's Griffin playing much more than we'd want, so I'm not touching that over-under. Yep. Uh, all right, let's uh, leave that there. We will uh, touch on a ton more games in our second hour. Uh, we have one more 1 p.m., which is Jacksonville at Houston. Uh, then we have the whole mess of the 4 p.m.s, uh, which includes uh, San Francisco at Los Angeles. Chicago at Minnesota is a big one. Uh, you do have Philadelphia at Washington. So two games with gigantic playoff imp- implications. Uh, Philadelphia at Washington and Chicago at Minnesota. You have Cleveland at Baltimore. Uh, Ken Baker Mayfield plays spoiler here against uh, the best defense in the NFL. Probably not. Uh, and then, of course, it's Indianapolis at Tennessee. So those 4 p.m.s have a ton of playoff implications, so ton to get through when we talk through uh, fantasy implications and wagering as we go on. Plenty still to get to here on Fantasy Sports Day. Dan and George bring you Week 17 analysis and uh, some DFS insight as well. Back with more on the other side of this break. Fantasy Sports Day on FNTSY Radio. 